Stick around to the end of this episode for a sneak peek of a new podcast called The Ride Guys. Listen as your host Jason and Steve uncover little-known details of the amusement park world. From Disneyland's groundbreaking rail technology on the Matterhorn bobsled to how it has influenced modern rides that we see today. Or discover an episode on the history of the roller coaster mecca, Cedar Point, and learn why this destination has lasted more than 150 years. You could even take a test to find out what level of roller coaster enthusiast you are. Find out whether you're a mama's boy or a full-blown giga coaster worshiper that would sell your own mother for tickets to ride, and a whole lot more. Tune into this monthly one-hour podcast, The Ride Guys. Hi, I'm Steve. And I'm Sandy, and we're two Tenderfoot tourists. Welcome to episode 102, Springfield, the birthplace of Route 66. Today on Two Tenderfoot Tourists, we'll be telling you all about history of Route 66, the Mother Road, and our first experience at the birthplace of Route 66 Festival. right mind wouldn't do another episode of Route 66 when we get the response with those episodes. Oh my goodness. Okay. So we've always been interested in Route 66. Always. Um, It was just a personal thing, though we didn't know how huge it is. Mm -mm. We we just did not anticipate the response we've gotten off the last couple of episodes that we posted. So we thought since there is a festival in town. (laughs) Why not share it? There we go. (laughs) Why not? Let's start off by you updating people if this is the first episode they've listened to. Mm-hmm. Just a little bit of the history of Route 66. The, the, roots, m- the mother road. The mother road. The automobile industry had an increase of all these vehicles that were on the road, and they had no good infrastructure, and there's a big push going towards the west. And the highway was open from 1929 all the way up until 1956 when the Federal Axe Highway – I can't remember exactly what it's called. Uh, I got it right here. Uh, yeah, the Federal Highway Aid Act in 1956 created the interstate, which really cut through a lot of these cities that the Route 66 actually went through for for how many, how many years? Let me 29 through 56. That's like 30 years. 29. Almost 30 years. So, is that right? You're now look, you're messing with my. You're going to do the math anyway. While you're doing the math. The interesting thing about Route 66, because of the fact that you have this, like, vehicles that ran through it all uh, quite extensively, you had hotels and restaurants that popped up everywhere. Small towns started growing exponentially, and it created a lot of income for people as they were traveling back and forth. Wow, 27? Mm -hmm. Wow, 27 years. So um, then the interstate come in, come in, came in, and it cut – through a lot of these towns that had this like as a major source of income for Route 66. So right. they died I, off. You know, I can't even imagine if you think about that, somebody that was a child 
when a town went up and became a big deal. Mm-hmm. In their adult years, this is not even their el- you know, their when they're elderly. This is just their adult lives. Mm-hmm. It's gone. Yep, it is totally gone. And and the the sad thing about it is, not only did people lose their businesses, they lost their income. I mean, I mean, they lost their incomes, they lost their homes. Yeah, they their lost, homes too. Everything just fell apart. Well, especially because some of these towns were out in the middle of nothing. Mm-hmm. And once those businesses died, they had no way to support themselves at all, no matter how much they loved their home, right. and they had to leave it. So by 1972, I-44 replaced 66. So I-44 did? I-44. That's in Missouri, and also I think I-44 goes through Oklahoma and also... I'm uh, really... Oklahoma, Oklahoma. Oklahoma. But uh, it, I ended up, it's up through St. Louis, but it ends in St. Louis, and it turns into I-55. Sorry. See, you know more the history than I do, and I had no idea that I-44 was that important to our history. It is. It's very interesting. It's very... And so um, the Pixar movie... Uh, cars yes is all about that so and they used a lot of elements that are actual factual about route 66 for that movie right they made the cozy cone um <laughs> yeah instead of the, the wigwams uh, instead of the wigwams yeah which is really funny yeah. and i love every minute of it yeah. but there's lots of references like that it's major a lot references so um route 66 people come from all over the world just to travel the Route 66 road. And some of it is dirt road still. Mm-hmm. Some of it is impassable. I mean, you can't, you can't drive on it. It's not right. possible. Um, you can get near it. Yeah. So you can take pictures or whatever, but you yeah. can't drive on it. I said, I just want a Jeep. Yeah. <laughs> then we're like, I don't think they let you. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. So, um, Route 66. Now, it is Springfield, Missouri, which we live in, is considered the birthplace of Route 66. And in 1929, I got the information here. Hold on. Uh, there it is. In 1992. Yeah, you said in 29. No, I'm sorry. 1992, um, on the 66th anniversary of Route 66, uh, Springfield, Missouri was designated the official birthplace of Route 66. And there's a placard down at the uh, Central uh, Park Central Square that uh, is dedicated to the fact that it is the birthplace of it. Now, why Okay, you originally you told me the official home of Route 66. So is it just the official birthplace of Route it's 66? It's the official. I didn't mean to say home. Okay, I'm good. Keep birthplace, going. yeah. It, why, you may ask? Why? Why are you saying that? Well, because of the fact through a telegram that was made uh, by uh, John T. Woodruff, Springfield attorney here. He was the president of the U.S. Highway 66 Association founded in 1927 to promote the highway. In a telegram, someone he was having an argument about what to name it. They argued back and forth. It was was it Route 60, Route 62, all that stuff, and they finally settled on Route 66. And he made the recommendation for Route 66. So therefore, the name of Route 66 is the birthplace in Springfield. So he won. He won. <laughs> but uh, so. What it is that we had done recently that we've been wanting to do for a long, long time, there was the ninth annual. It was the ninth annual birthplace of Route 66 festival. And it's our first time to go to it. So it's kind of funny. We've lived here all our lives and this is the first time we went to the festival. So it was, was that place jam packed or what? It was incredible. Um, we know how much I like to take pictures and I was about mm-hmm, to lose yeah. my mind because I couldn't get people out of my way. Now that being said, <laughs> I'm a little bit, <laughs> I'm a little bit difficult. Not out loud in the open. They don't see it, but in my mind, you have no idea what's going on. Um, <laughs> but it was a neat thing to see so many people. Um, when we would look down the different side streets, mm-hmm. It was an incredible sight to see the vehicles all lined down through there and just 
tons of people yeah. all down through there. It's pretty incredible. It made me think of Disney when you go down Main Street, USA. Oh, yeah. And that's you look up there and there's just throngs of people. But yeah, um, now in the past, I read an article and they said, uh, I think it was 2015, they had uh 38,000 people attend the two-day festival. Well, yeah, what were they expecting possibly this year? I can't remember. They were talking about 70,000 people. Last wow. year it was 53 or something like that, 53,000, 58,000. I wouldn't doubt it. It was pretty busy and it was hot too. <laughs> it was really hot. Um But uh the cars, honey. Oh my gosh, the cars. Okay, anybody that knows our podcast knows I love muscle cars. Especially I, if you listen to... Oh a, yeah, episode three. What was that one? Part one. Uh, <laughs> this is the Fort Walton Beach one, right? Yeah, it is the... Uh, gosh, I, I, I thought you wrote it down. You told me I didn't have to. Oh my gosh. Hold on. I can do this. Hold on. It's all... You said you don't have to write it down. I've got I, it. I've got it. It's the, it's the Fort Walton. It, you got the episodes right, by the way. Episode three, the one about Fort Walton Beach, Florida. Yeah. It's a two part episode. Yeah. And it's really cool. I mean, I, I, please I forgive us never, for the audio, by the way. I have never ever seen that many cars in my life and they were so gorgeous. I mean, there were 57 Chevys. There was, New stuff. There was, there was kit cars. There was all kinds of crazy. Yeah, you wouldn't believe some of these there. chopped and lowered vehicles and mm-hmm. and um all the different years of Broncos and it was just incredible. They were everywhere, everywhere, and along with the palm trees and stuff. Anyway, I could talk about that all day. But how many cars did they say that there was possibly there? Do you remember at the Route sixty six festival birthday? I don't remember. It's like over six hundred cars. That's a lot of cars. <laughs> now. Just full disclosure right now, we were only there a couple of hours and we did not see the whole thing. No. Um, in fact, uh, it has grown exponentially uh, throughout the years. Just in nine years' time, it has went from just being focused in the square area, in the mm-hmm. downtown Springfield area, and it's like runs a full-length mile from College Street on down to St. Louis Street through – the 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 central park right square. it wraps around in the square mm-hmm. and i mean it's just incredible there were cars everywhere there were old trucks um there were motorcycles galore okay yeah, we are not we've never ridden a motorcycle but now we're kind of thinking about it <laughs> they're gorgeous and they look so fun and there's so many different kinds yeah and that i loved watching the people driving in on in and out on them because it was just pretty cool to see how it was pretty cool organized it was which i have pictures of one of the men helping park those guys and he said oh you almost got me in a picture dude i got you <laughs> you're in a picture yeah i saw that picture he's grinning he's like i got out of it yeah no, no you didn't, didn't. <laughs> but no we had such a great time down there and there was something even in the motorcycle area that you really thought was super cool okay so if you go to our facebook page you'll see i did a live stream of this it's like a trailer and it was a competition in a trailer. They People roll their personal motorcycles up into this trailer and they put them on this track and they harness them down and they put uh, like racing lights in front of them. Yeah, it looked like drag racing lights. And they would race their bikes on this platform. Right. It was on some kind of a, uh, what do you call it, conveyor yeah. type of a situation and it was incredible. It was amazing. I will tell you that live feed 
was nothing in comparison. Oh no! Standing there, hearing it, and feeling your chest rattle. <laughs> yeah, I was and crazy. I, was, I couldn't help but just go, "Oh my goodness!" Oh, it, it really the sound off of just made your chest rattle. And you looked around, and everybody's just grinning at each other and laughing. Oh yeah, because yeah. it's just crazy. And in the end, they would tell how fast each cycle went, and they mm. told who won. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just a lot of fun. If you get a chance to go watch the video, it's hilarious. It is a lot of fun to look at. Um, but yeah, they had a lot of things going on down there, a lot of cars to look at, beautiful cars, uh, antique cars, I uh, took fully a million restored. Pictures. I know. How, how are we going to, how are we going to share these? With I'm going to do like I did with a lot of our, like our Colorado trips and stuff. <laughs> I'm just going to start putting like five or six pictures a, there you go. every couple of days or a day on there because I don't want to put 30, 50, yeah. 100 pictures on one feed. People don't do that. It drives people crazy. It's a little overwhelming. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Yeah, that and the bikes were nice to look at. Um, they had so many different kinds. They had Indians. They had a Harley Davidson. They had Yamaha. They had Kawasaki. Uh, they had trikes. They had yeah. spiders. spiders. They had what's the other one? The is, I want to say a boomerang. Is that right? Nope. No. What is it? Slingshot. That's it. Slingshot. That's it. That's those it. those were it. really really cool. The, I can't believe they're actually considered a motorcycle. I know. It's kind of weird. And, and maybe like that, maybe technically they are, and I don't know, but I love them. When I see them, I'm just like, I, I want to ride in one. <laughs> I totally want to drive one. I want to drive it. I don't know if I could fit in one, actually. Yeah. I, I, what did I say? I said, we need to buy either that or a spider. <laughs> and I said, but we need to get healthy and skinny so we look good in it. <laughs> I'm on my road right now to healthiness. Yeah. I'm on the road to get, how many weeks have I gone now without any um caffeine? Are you at four yet? Uh or is I'm it at, three? It, I'm at three weeks without any aspartame. Yeah. And uh I've cut back on some of my caffeine, not a whole lot. Well, I'm drinking a lot less caffeine than I had in the last three weeks. Yes. So um but I still managed to gain weight. It's because you're drinking so much sugar now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand. I'm supposed to be healthier. I don't healthier. understand. <laughs> when I drink no aspartame, I'm supposed to get healthier, right? Okay, now that we're on this <laughs> rabbit trail, I have a question for you. Um, mm-hmm. I know that we saw a 1930 Ford Tudor. Did you remember um, seeing anything older than that? Uh, I saw, um, yeah, I saw a Model A. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. Um I there is a there was a lot of vehicles that I'm okay. You and I are both we enjoy looking at the the toy cars and the fun cars and the, the things that are souped up and muscled out and everything like that. But if we had a choice between a muscled out car and something that's restored to its original glory, we enjoy the ones that have been restored to its original glory. Or is yeah. it just me? Yes, but I did. I'd really, 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 really enjoy a restored nineteen sixty nine Camaro. Yes. Well, okay. I did. Wait. You saw a car down there that you I saw said- a nineteen sixty nine Camaro with metallic blue paint, which is like my dream car since I was nine years old. Okay. And the reason why is it a dream car of yours? Tell them why it's a dream car for you. You act like this is odd. No, I think it's <laughs> awesome. Go ahead. I was given a T shirt. With this car on it when I was little. And back then, you know, it was the kind of, you know, t-shirts back then. If they had a decal, it would peel off. Yes. And I cherished this shirt. And I, every time it would wash and little pieces would start flaking off, my mom wanted to throw it away. I was like, no, I love this car. <laughs> and I still and want it. you saw that car there. I did. I mean, it was the exact yes. same as the picture. The I color and that. everything. I know that's weird. I was nine. Yeah. But I remember the car. 
Yeah, what was the car again? A 1969 Camaro with metallic blue paint, and it had a stripe. You are so attractive right now. (laughs) You are so attractive. If a car drives by, and I say, oh, cool car, don't say, well, what was it? Because I'll go, a really cool car. (laughs) It was a really cool car. I can tell you the the name as far as Mustang and Camaro really easily, but don't ask me the year. No. No. They had all sorts of like 1957 Chevy Belairs throughout the – oh, there it is. They had like several different types there, uh, as far as like colors and, and, uh, whether it's like a hard top or a rag top or they had, they had ones that were souped up, restored, all these things. I mean, there were some that were rough looking. There was one that was really weird. What was that one that had all the stuff on it? You took a picture of it. I did. Yeah. I think it was like a truck or something, a truck or a tractor or something weird. Oh, yeah. Yeah, um it wasn't pretty, so I didn't take a picture. <laughs> okay, th- I took a video of it. It's not a, a picture. But oh, was I, it a video? Yeah, I took a video of it, and it was like, what the heck? This guy had taken the front end of an old 1930s tractor and put like antlers on the front end of it, and he he just had a, it had all these old signs. I was. Weird. I think pretty much nail gun or stapled to the sides. Um, try, oh, here it is. This is it, baby. Check this out. This is it. So it, it kind of looks like if the Beverly Hillbillies like decided to smoke crack, that's what they would come up <laughs> I with. I totally agree. I think it looks like the body of an old bus. It does. Oh, there he goes. It was really quick. Quick click. It was very quick. Uh, the video that is. Maybe you think I should post that? <laughs> I do. It was kind of weird. Maybe I will. I don't know. Um, so the car show. The cars and the bikes that were all there. And they didn't have just cars and bikes there. They also had food trucks and entertainment. And, and different kind of vendors. For instance, we also saw like um, face painting. Mm-hmm. Then, of course, there were bands. They Now – when it comes to like live bands, they had all they had a variety of different kinds of bands there. They had the, most of them did cover songs, I'm guessing, um, because they had uh, what is the name of that one band they pl- that plays up there in Silverado City? Uh, uh, members only. Members only. Mm-hmm. They had members only there. Pierre Sarah was there also with our friend Scott Fraker. That's it. Uh, the Bald Knobbers were there from Branson. There was all kinds. Of, there. More than we can say right now. There's just and there was a lot of really good bands up there. People we've never ever heard. It of. It was really cool because they actually have a had a bandstand on the actual square. Mm-hmm. And then when you went, would have been okay. Tell me what my directions was. It east. Oh, uh, which one is this again? When we went down to see the classic rock food truck. Hey, well, that was west. Sweet. No, no, it was it east. You're right. Oh, it was east. Rock on. I scored. You're right. So um, down east, we oh, went a couple of buildings. And it's amazing how the buildings being so big, they cut off the sound the way they do because you go around the corner and there's a band. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it was nice, loud music, too. It was not quiet. Yeah. You're right. It, it was it was pretty loud. And um, they had a lot of vendors to choose from, including our friends from Classic Rock were there. We had a lavender lemonade that was incredible. That was really good. The, I, I, I'm looking forward to seeing what they do next year. Yeah, and I'm hoping our schedule permits us to go for like an entire day if we feel like it. Right. Because there was a lot to see and we were limited because we had a birthday party to go to. Yeah. But I mean, it was pretty neat. Um, I, I want to see it all. <laughs> I would too. And in fact, uh, for anyone who's listening, it's like, wow, we love, we love Route 66. We love classic cars. We love, uh, uh, those sort of, we love motorcycles. Oh, that's a beautiful car. You just showed me a picture of. 
Because of the fact that these festivals are in August, we recommend that if you're going to be down here for that, take a bag of water and freeze a few of the freezer bottles and and put them in a bag. Or keep a cooler in your car and just run back and get and a drink you if you need to because it's hot, guys. It is really, really hot. And that was one of the things that we struggled with is the heat. That was the real kicker. It was. In July, especially late July and the first part of August for sure, mm-hmm. it's just really humid. Yeah. And you got to figure that your heat index is probably over 100 easy. Yeah. So just prepare. Make sure you drink a lot of water right before you head out of your car and make sure you drink a lot while you're there. It, yeah, drink a lot while you're there. Now, as far as parking goes, there is places that are free for parking. Now, if you're wanting to show up, we recommend that you show up early in the day. Also, if you get there early enough, you can actually watch the parade because there is a Route 66 parade where they actually have the cars driving down what is actually Route 66 the, where the festival is. The St. Louis and College Street in the Central Square is is a part of Route 66. You know what I picture in my head? Hmm. The cars driving down Route 66 in the movie Cars. Oh, that's true. I, I picture the low riders yeah. and the bouncing car. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I do. I totally picture that's that. That's awesome. I'd like to see that one uh, uh, acid trip of Beverly Hillbilly's car go down there, too. I wonder <laughs> if it's actually good. drivable. I don't know. It, it doesn't look like it, but you know what? It wouldn't surprise me. That was weird. <laughs> it was very weird. It was weird. Yeah, highly recommend uh, the Route 66, the birth place of Route 66 Festival in Springfield, Missouri. Um, it was our first time there. Excellent crowd. It was. It was just. It was an amazing event. And do you remember what opened the same week as that festival? Mm-mm. What was that? The oh. brand new Springfield History Museum. Yeah, and uh, we 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 got a chance to go there and visit it. We'll tell you more about that in our next episode. We've talked about the fact that when you want to do staycations, um, it it's stuff around you you benefit from. This is a great way to do it. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, <laughs> I'm excited. I think you hit the nail right on the head when you say staycation. The museum is an excellent way. And you know what? Staycation doesn't mean necessarily you stay at the home itself, right? Right. It's close. We've talked about that on previous podcasts. Or it might just be a little thing. Yeah. We've done a couple of those recently. Yeah. With our trip to see the Katosa, the Blue Willow Katosa. Mm-hmm. And, um, Pops. and Pops, of course, there. Of and then back Oklahoma. the other direction and yeah. seeing Uranus, Missouri and... And, uh, oh, Ted Drews, Frozen yes, Custard. Yes, Ted Drews. That was so cool. So, you know what? So this has been a lot of fun. We talked about the history of Route 66. The Mother Road. Yeah. And we talked, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we talked about when Springfield became the official birthplace of Route 66, mm-hmm. the ninth annual birthplace of Route 66 Festival, festival. Mm-hmm. all the cars, trucks, motorcycles, entertainment. the entertainment, the food trucks, the vendors. And the new Springfield History Museum. Which, you know what? We just kind of gave you a hint on that. A little bit of a tease. Um, And we really uh, want you to come back and listen to that episode when we talk about it because it is... It is an amazing history of Springfield. The place is incredible. That's all I'm going to say for now. Yeah. We're saving the rest for episode 103. Yes, it 103. Wow, well, this was a great episode, right? Aren't they all? They are all <laughs> great episodes. <laughs> uh, so thank you for listening to episode number 102. Springfield, the birthplace of Route 66. Two Tenderfoot Tourists is a family-friendly podcast. If you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, 
Google Play, <laughs> Stitcher. I got tongue tied there. Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, and Spotify, just to name a few. To get in touch with us and chat about this podcast or even your travel experiences, simply email us at tenderfoottourist at gmail.com or follow us on Facebook and Instagram. And don't forget to check out our new website at twotenderfoottourist.com. That's T-W-O, tenderfoottourist.com. And keep those suggestions coming, and maybe you'll give us our best episode of 2019. I'm Steve. And I'm Sandy. Until next time. Stay tender. Now for a short clip from a new Tenderfoot Tours podcast, The Ride Guys. They're some of the biggest, fastest, most thrilling forms of entertainment in the world. Spanning over the centuries, they've evolved from minecarts careening down a mountainside and passengers grasping on for dear life to some of the most mind-blowing technological constructions pushing the limits of adrenaline and physics. What are we talking about? Roller coasters. We're the Ride Guys. Thank you so much for joining the first ever episode of Ride Guys. Ride Guys, here we are. Yeah, why don't you explain to everybody what exactly were our hopes and our attempts will be in entertaining people with this podcast? Basically, it's an offshoot of two tenderfoot tourists. Yeah. So you and Sandy had me come in a few times and we talked about roller coasters, rides, scary stuff on roller coasters at Halloween, which was awesome. And we had so much fun. You said, hey, let's do our own podcast let's and do it. this more often. That's right. So and that's where we are. Jason, like he said, he's been on the podcast on numerous occasions. and We've always had a great time doing it. And if you'd like to listen to it, just go to our Two Tenderfoot Tourist podcast. You can find that at twotenderfoottourist.com, on Facebook, on Podbean, Apple, Spotify, everywhere, and just find the ones that even talk about a roller coaster, right. and Jason will be in there. So you kind of get an idea of what – and Jason is a roller coaster enthusiast, and you've been riding roller coasters since you could walk. Well, maybe not <laughs> quite that long, but that's part near. Did I oversell that? <laughs> no, not at all. No, no, no. Okay. I mean, you're the kind of person – you have the mindset that's like, I love roller coasters. I'm going to learn everything I possibly can about that roller coaster and all roller coasters who made it, the people that were involved, the companies, everything about it, right? As sad as that sounds hearing <laughs> it come from you. Yeah, that's true. Statistics <laughs> and everything that goes involved. So this should be one heck of a roller coaster of a podcast for anyone out there who is – that like to learn more. This would be a great place this for you. This would be awesome. Awesome. So yeah. uh, our plans on covering on the first episode is the Matterhorn. Oh, uh, we have to start with the Matterhorn. We do because it is quintessentially the thing that really changed roller coasters that to what we have nowadays. Yeah, for sure. So why don't you tell everybody what you know about the Matterhorn at this time? Wow. How much time do we have? Uh, no, 30 I'm minutes. Ki- I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> So the Matterhorn was revolutionary for its time. I mean, if you go ride it now, and if you and me went to California and hopped on now, you'd probably be like, this is kind of dumb. and It's kind of cheesy. Kind of lame. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But you've got to realize at the time, it opened in 1959. Yeah. So Disneyland was still in diapers at that point. It 
was a ride that changed the ride industry and we can point to it as one of the reasons why we have the roller coasters and the rides we have nowadays. There was a couple of different, you know, things that happened in a, a span of a few years, but uh, building the Matterhorn was definitely one of those quintessential moments in the history of amusement parks and rides and roller coasters and all that. Uh, Disney had wanted something for his park. He was always um, noted for saying Disneyland will never be finished. And he was always wanting to plus everything, plus the park, plus a ride. So he never wanted to be satisfied and think, okay, we finally got it all here. We're done. He wanted right. Disneyland to always be be a work in progress and adding and trying new things. And we've seen what it's blown up into <laughs> yeah. you know, these days. Okay, so um, the inspiration behind the Matterhorn was based on a movie, correct? Yeah. Um, third Man on the Mountain. I was trying to think of third, a new Man on the Mountain. It was Third Man on the Mountain. Correct. Yeah. So – and then Disney had also, I believe, if I'm remembering right, made a, a trip over to Europe – and, and while he, they're filming it, yeah. Yeah, and he saw the Matterhorn, mm -hmm. I think, and that was his inspiration for, I need to put one of those in my park and figure that out. Right. Yeah. So, in fact, he sent a, a, a postcard to the guy who yeah, is over that, right. and he said, build me this. I kind of remember that, that yeah. That's all he wrote on the back to this one guy. I can't remember his name, though. And I think when they were just thinking about possibilities, I believe all that the, the first incarnation or the first um, – Vision for it was just kind of a, a slide down the side of the mountain. Is that right? It was like a, a bobsled. It was like yeah. a yeah. Okay, so it went through you know various you know design thoughts and phases to get what we've got today. It, it definitely it was something Disney had himself you know before he he died. It was something he was in charge of because you know he didn't he wasn't around too much longer. No. I forgot what year he 65. 65, okay. Yeah. So it was, you know, he he didn't see a, a lot, most of the rides that we have these right. days, but Matterhorn was definitely one that he was a, a huge part of. Right. Yeah, he was. So, um statistic-wise, as far as like the size of this this mountain, of course it's like not nearly as big as the the Matterhorn itself is only 80 feet tall, I believe. Yeah, that's the the size of the track. Um you're t you're talking about the height of, uh, the, uh, of the track, the mountain actually yes. extends above. Oh, the the, so you've never ridden it, right? Steve? No, okay. no, no, no. Are you kidding me? And, <laughs> and that's another fun thing about our podcast is you got me who who will ride anything he sees, and Steve, you know, who will get to that point? Who's <laughs> yet to? Yeah, who is not quite there yet? So I don't know if my ticker can handle it. Oh, your, t your ticker can handle the Matterhorn. Trust oh, me. I'm sure at 27 miles an hour. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's pushing it, but yeah. Yeah. So yes. the Matterhorn, the way it's it's set up, it actually has two sides. It's two roller coasters essentially I, I that weave together. Yeah. Yeah, there's okay. a, there's two sides. And they both go up a lift hill that's in the center. You know, you you, you get on and they they start and you turn and go up a lift hill side by side mm -hmm. and it's in the middle of the mountain essentially. Oh, that sounds cool. So yeah, it's very cool. So it tops out um at 80 feet, but the peak Actually goes up to not quite 150 feet, 147. Yep. 147 feet. Yep. So you've still got quite a bit of mountain, uh, above you once you get to the top of the lift hill or the top of the highest point of the actual roller coaster ride. The inspiration was actually the Matterhorn, uh, the, the actual, the real mountain the in real, Europe. Yeah. In Europe, right. Um, how tall is the actual Matterhorn? It is. I was going to say like a thousand feet. It is. The Matterhorn is fourteen thousand six hundred and ninety. Oh well, feet. see there you go. It's only off by thirteen thousand ish. 
So that's quite a bit. <laughs> okay, so um, but and Disney completely built it to scale, so it's yes, <laughs> it, it's really that big. Yeah. Now, before the Matterhorn actually went in, they they basically it was a an answer to a problem that they had right. at the park. That's right. So uh, the problem was is they had a huge mound of dirt right. from building Disneyland they couldn't afford to get rid of. Right. So they turned it into a – what is it? A park? Uh, it was called Holiday Hill. Holiday I think Hill. he just slapped a bench on it, you yeah. know, let some grass grow and slapped a bench on it, hoping right. people would just, you know, go to Disneyland to sit on his pile of dirt. Pile of dirt. <laughs> it was free. It was okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, uh, but he built – he ended up getting rid of it because – Kids were going out there and uh, uh, necking, I guess, or oh, okay. making out. Necking. Necking. That's a 50s word. I was going to say, wow, way to work that in. We're talking about a 50s roller coaster. <laughs> okay, so, yeah, they were going up there making out and stuff like that, and Disney did not like that. He didn't want He didn't the, want that kind of image at, no, all, at all for his park. Yeah. So he said, you know what, we're going to just build the Matterhorn. Right, mm-hmm. And uh, it's um, – so what makes this roller coaster so unique as far as like what did they do in order to make this mountain come to be and the ride itself? Well, what really the importance of the Matterhorn and what makes it unique was it was the first roller coaster to use tubular steel track. Yes. And, you know, you think, you know, if I say the word roller coaster, an image that pops in your mind today you know, you've got basically two types of roller coasters now, steel and wooden. Right. Well, there was a time when there wasn't steel. It was just wooden roller coasters. Right. The Matterhorn changed that. The Matterhorn created this new category of steel roller coasters, and every steel roller coaster you see today, you can trace it back to the Matterhorn because that's the first roller coaster that tried to do it, and, of course, it was successful. It's still standing right now. Now, Arrow was well-known for being – uh, who created, or I'm sorry, they designed, correct? Yeah, Arrow was the company that made the Matterhorn, and they were, I, I think it was a collaborative design, because um, Disney has their Imagineers, and most of the rides, maybe, the, the Imagineers have some kind of hand in it, is what I'm saying. It wasn't just purely Arrow, but it was a, a combination. A of collaborative. Collaborative, that's the word I'm looking for. Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, but it was Arrow who came up with the idea of the tubular track, correct? I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. Because one of the problems they were having was the fact that um uh one they needed to, the the bobsled to be on something so it didn't go running off the track. Of course, right. You know, throwing people off the mountain, which would be very kind of funny but bad at the same time. I mean, you can't have multiple rides. You just get one ride at that one point. One ride. That's it, you're done. Yeah. Next. <laughs> <laughs> but uh but the thing is is how do you keep this thing from going down the, and also making it smooth like you're really sliding right. on ice right and it, it allowed them to bend bend in different ways that a wooden track wouldn't yeah. so they it was the first time they could do maneuvers like the tight turns mm-hmm. and the banked turns you know smoothly and um efficiently you right. know the wooden track wouldn't accommodate that Right. So, uh, that right there in itself is, is, that is the first ever. Yeah. And is, and it's true to what you say, cause I, I researched it myself. It was the inspiration and, and the, the pivotal point that really changed roller coasters that we know nowadays. Mm-hmm, for sure. And what people enjoy and I don't. You will. <laughs> don't is not the right word. You I will. Don't enjoy. You owe me a ride. So. I do. I do. So what, which one was it? It was time traveler. Time traveler. In, uh, Silver Dollar City. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, I 
Andy still owes me an outlaw run. Yeah, I just thought about it, writing that. I'm nearly wetting myself thinking about it. And everybody's going like, are you serious? That is such an easy ride. I'm like, you know, well, how old is your daughter? <laughs> Which one? Eight? Yes. We really hope you enjoyed that clip from the Ride Guides podcast. The full one-hour episode will be released on September 4th at twotenderfoottourist.com or anywhere else the Two Tenderfoot Tourist podcast is available.